Welcome to Glow and Tell with Carolyn Holtzworth. Over the next hour, you'll discover how to feel better, look better, and get questions answered to bring out your own glow. Make sure to stay tuned for the whole show as there will be a Q&A at the end of today's episode. Now, here is Carolyn Holdsworth. Hey everyone, this is Carolyn Holdsworth and welcome to Glow and Tell. I am here today with Victoria Valinsky, our executive producer. Hey Vic. Hello Carolyn, how are you? I'm doing great. Great, great, great. Excited for today. We have such a fun topic. I am so excited for today's topic. You have no idea. Well, it's something that we're both very personally passionate about, and it's permanent mm-hmm. makeup. And it's it's one of these things where people either love it and they're doing it, or they're terrified of it and they have a lot of things to say. Is that right. what you've experienced? Uh, yes. That's why we actually have a lot of questions from our listeners. Oh, good. Because good. they want to know all the juicy topics. Yeah, it's it's really interesting because as someone who obviously I've been in the industry almost 20 years now, um, I, I got to tell you, this is a very, very polarizing subject in the world of aesthetics mm-hmm. because people um, are either, as I said a second ago, very open to it. Um, those are people that are a little bit more of a risk taker, I guess you will, even though it's something that's been around for decades. Right. Um, or, you know, there are people that say never, I would never think of that. I would never even consider it before they even know anything. So yeah, I've talked to so many family members about this and friends. And so what I'm bringing to the table today is all of my personal and professional experience, um, you know, with this topic. And I I just can't wait to, you know, dispel rumors and talk about something um, that you can't really see since this is an audio (laughs) podcast. (laughs) So we're going to be doing a lot of describing. But um, what we're going to really get to the heart of is how to do it safely, how to, you know, really evaluate the salon you're going to, the spa you're going to, and most importantly, the esthetician, the technician that's doing the work. Mm-hmm. Exactly <laughs> right. I can't wait. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm, right, I'm right there with you. So I'm really excited about our guest today, who is obviously an expert in this field. Daisy Gwen is from Philadelphia. I've known her for a long while. And while Daisy has, you know, a a bachelor's degree from Temple University, an outstanding university in Philadelphia with a bachelor's in biology, she, you know, decided that she wanted to move into cosmetology. And she was valedictorian of her class at Jean Madeline, which is a fantastic school. She is board certified with the American Academy of Micropigmentation for Permanent Makeup. Um, She has practiced in some of the chicest, most fabulous places in both Manhattan and Philadelphia at Adolf Beaker at the Ritz-Carlton in Philly, at View Salon in the Peninsula on Fifth Avenue. And she just, she knows her stuff. She has amazing taste. She's gorgeous and just really is someone that I've learned to trust when it comes to this kind of controversial, what can be a controversial um, service. So, Without further ado, welcome, Daisy, to Glow and Tell. Hi, ladies. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. I know it's like permanent makeup. It can be, you know, frightening if you don't know, you know, what's going on in the procedure. Yeah. Uh, but in the past couple of years, it's it's come become mainstream, right? Absolutely. And now people are being more educated about it. The, the techniques are just like, amazing where it can be very subtle and very natural 
and it can just enhance your beauty versus back then, you know, like maybe like the older generation, mm-hmm. they saw some bad makeup and that's why they, they have some bad permanent makeup. That's why they have that fear. Yeah. But what I've seen, what I've been exposed to, it's so subtle if that's what you want. Right. It's just like you can, you, you have to kind of almost second guess sometimes. Did she get her lips like tinted or, you know, they, we have to like what's called a lip blush, right. which it just enhances either the symmetry or the color. Because, mm-hmm. you know, as women age or even men, some men get this. As we age, we lose pigment or we lose the, the shape or the border or the outline of the lip. And now they have, the, the you know, procedures where it just makes it more youthful, makes it a little more plump exaggerates your border or your outline just to give it like a more symmetry or symmetrical look yeah where it's more uh, like you just woke up like the blushing bride kind of look if that's what you're looking for I woke up just like this I've got perfect brows I yeah like I woke you know basically I woke up like this right no filters like hey hey honey this is what I look like and that I think now is what uh, the permanent makeup industry is going for, is honestly. That, is, is that the um, real pretty kind of subtle look? Like and the I, study, you know, like yeah. in the past couple of years, I've noticed the makeup trends are getting more subtle. I don't Absolutely. know about you, Carolyn, but it's more subtle. People just want to enhance their beauty, not like, hey, she's had permanent makeup. Exactly. You know, that That's just not the look that the industry is is headed towards. It's headed towards a more, you know, just like natural yet enhanced and just beautiful. Well, that's something we've been talking about on Glow and Tell throughout the season. Um, everybody's going for that fresh make, fresh-faced, no makeup look. Yes, yes. And while it does take a little bit of effort to look like you have no makeup, mm-hmm. what I've learned about um, permanent makeup, things like, you know, microblading, which we're going to get into in a second, it does make your morning routine a little bit more efficient. It yes. can be really time-saving. And, you know, speaking of microblading and eyebrows, you know, from my experience of late, let's say in the past five years, I think eyebrows is the area where most people are trying out permanent makeup more than ever, because many of us are babies of the 90s, the 1990s, where we over tweezed Mm -hmm. and our brows are too thin. And as you said, you know, it's, it's aging when you have less of an eyebrow, it can actually make you look a little bit older. And what we're trying to do with the microblading, with the permanent makeup, that sort of thing, is to to put that youth back and kind of instead of having a pencil in brows, which I know takes me, I mean, almost p- probably three to four or five minutes every day. If you have, you know, there's different techniques for brows that I know you're going to get into, Daisy. If you have that done, it saves you so much time. It's crazy. Um, but before we get into eyebrows, I just want to tell our listeners that you know, when it comes to permanent makeup, I think a lot of people think, oh, eyebrows. But as Daisy mentioned, there are lip blushes out there, which we're going to talk about. There's permanent eyeliner, which does not have to be dramatic and crazy looking. There's um, lip liner. Um, people are putting freckles on their face. And then there's also a lot of um, reparative and moving into the area of cosmetic reconstruction. Um, areolas are tattooed on as well to for cancer patients and who've gone through mastectomy and that sort of thing. So it's there's really a lot of beautiful, beautiful, not just vanity-based um, reasons to to give permanent makeup, um, you know, a second glance. 
So Daisy, let's let's start with eyebrows. Talk to yes. me about the different um, the different techniques for enhancing your eyebrows because I know there's different approaches, right? One is yes. microblading. Yes. So yes, microblading is like in the past couple of years the, the most popular okay. uh, because it, it's more it gives a more natural look. Um, it's not like you can have a, a day look and then add more makeup um, mm-hmm. at nighttime. Um, it, it gives like a, the, the appearance of hairs on your fit, you know, on your eyebrows where you lost hair. And tell um, us exactly what is happening. Is it, that's not, is it like a little, I've always thought of it like an exacto knife that's kind of going into so the skin. You're numbed up, right? Mm-hmm. They numb your so skin. The, you get numbed up, you use a, a blade and that's where the, the name comes from, microblading, because you're actually using a, a blade to, um, impart, put the color into the mm-hmm. skin. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, it, it, you know, back then that was what we knew, but now, um, there's nano brows, which also gives the natural hair stroke look without causing as much trauma with the, the blade. It's just instead of the blade, it's a tiny needle oh. where you, you put the color in or the, the hair strokes in less scabbing because there's less trauma to the skin so that, you know, you just heal better and it, it's. That it retains more color because back, you know, back uh, when, um, you know, I, I, I had microblading done, mm-hmm. I would say, let me think like close to five years ago and, okay. you know, I'm pretty much faded out because mm-hmm. it, it does fade out a lot quicker than other eyebrow procedures because of the trauma caused to the skin um, because you're using a blade and not a fine needle. Okay. And so it sounds like you could probably like the esthetician would have a lot more control using the needle as well. Yes. So you can be a little more exacting. Is that yeah, true? So you can draw, you know, it's like a drawing you're using a, you know, like um, a pen almost just to draw in the hair strokes and then put some powder in it and, and just give like a natural effect instead of like dramatic, unless you, you want it dramatic. Okay. And that's... it retains so much better than the microblading. Um, that, if you that's sat here, okay. Yeah, if you sat like two people next to each other, one had microblading done and one had the nano brows, you can clearly see who's what because the 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 microblading it, it heals a little more fuzzy versus mm. the nano. It's a clearer, more d- defined line or um, hair stroke, and okay. Okay. you retain it better and. Everyone is a candidate versus microblading. Half of the population is not a candidate. Okay, For example, that's a great yeah, topic. I was going to say, skin, yep. you have older skin. You're not really a candidate for the the microblading because it's it's just not going to heal beautifully. Right. I have that's what I've been educated on as well. That if you have very oily skin, that mm. the ink just does not take it. Your skin will just not absorb it and retain it. Correct. Correct. Whereas with nanobrow, it Everybody can do it, whether you have an uneven kind of bumpy textured skin. I know a texture can also be a bit of a contraindication, whereas nanobrow, microblading, textured skin, no go. Oily Mm -hmm. skin, no go. But then with with nano, obviously, it's it's anyone. That's anyone. It's basically the microblading 2.0. Okay. New advanced, more improved, the natural hair strokes using a different, you know, Instead of the blade, you're using a needle to give now, the same effect, the end result. Now, talk to us about the discomfort of this service. 
You know, honestly, you should not have any discomfort. Just maybe before the numbing sets in, like I graze the skin lightly with the the needle to open the pores. And then I put the, the numbing cream on top. So once we actually start the procedure, you're, you shouldn't feel pain, maybe a little pressure, but everyone I've done, they've never complained that it was painful. They, they, they might've felt some pressure because I always ask my clients because I want them to be comfortable. Uh, and I think maybe back then they didn't use numbing or the numbing technique was different. But when I learned it, we learned to just graze the skin really lightly so we open the pores so that your skin can, or um, you can just get the numbing quicker and, you know, you can, it's more if effective. Yeah. I think that the, the word permanent, the word tattoo, those are things that have swirled around out there for decades. And when people hear that, they think, oh my gosh, it's going to hurt so bad. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's a bit of a exhale to hear from you that the pain is really mitigated, not only with the cream, but especially with nanobrow with the, with the touch much lighter. Interesting. I mean, if you're going to someone that's been well, you know, educated and did good, you know, went to a good school they should be using these type of techniques. Like, you know, for example, I'm board certified. So I got like the best of the teachers that are, you know, the master teachers from the state board to teach me how to yeah. do these techniques. Yeah. So let, let's it, talk. It does a make a difference. Well, exactly. And I think, yeah, the credibility and the education of your technician is vital. I mean, of course, with any spa service out there, we always want to make sure that you're going to not only a licensed spa, a licensed salon, but that the the technicians, the estheticians, the therapists that are working on you are also maintaining their license. They have a current licensure. So talk to us about if we're going into a salon, if we're kind of, let's say, interviewing somebody for this type of service, what are we looking for? What are the minimums that these therapists, these technicians should be delivering? What questions can we ask to to know that they're licensed and legit at what they do? You know, ask about their certifications. Ask who they studied through. Um, you know, that I think education is the key because even, even now recently people, you know, talk about lips or brows and they're like, oh, it's painful. The lips are so painful. But you know, every single person that I've done had no pain. And it's all wow. due to my teacher. Honestly, mm -hmm. if I wasn't exposed to her, then pro I might have not had the right technique. Because even, uh, you know, with the lip procedure, we do it in quadrants. So if the numbing wears off, you know, we're, we're just numbing one section at a time. So it never wears off. That's that's huge because even when I go to the dentist and, I, and just get a cleaning, I have them give me the numbing stuff. Yeah. And my hygienist is so spectacular. She just numbs a section of my mouth at a time that she's working on so it doesn't wear off. So the same thing with with these procedures. So you can have the comfort that you're, you know, hoping that you're gonna have. Um with regard to the licenses, should these be displayed? Is this something we can ask to see, or is that gonna be insulting to the provider? I mean some people will display it, you know, either in openly or mm -hmm. inside a cabinet, you know, like when you open the door, you know, because you, some people don't like it really busy because right. there's people with 50 certifications, right? If they've been okay. in the business long enough and they're keeping up with their education yearly, okay. um, then they could have like, you know, a lot of certifications. Okay. Um, now, is the licensure, is it regulated state by state? Like different states have different requirements? 
So yes, yes. Okay. So every state, even even the towns have their own regulations. Oh wow! So you just okay. have to find out what the regulation is in your specific state and sometimes like town. Okay. Um, you know, so I'm certified through the American Academy of Micropigmentation. So that, I think that's valid for throughout the United States. Okay. So okay. Uh, you know, I I can practice like basically in any state. Just so about. that would. So that would be a licensure to look for. That would be an ideal, somebody that's nationally licensed. Okay. Yes. Okay. Preferably. Because, because I, they're okay. Because they're they're training courses where people take a one or two day course where they're, you know, doing maybe, maybe one live model. And you know, of course, I've he- heard of like online training for for this and I've seen what? it. No. And, I mean, no. it's your face. And you know, for me, honestly, when I did it, I needed the live model. I needed to get through a bunch of them. I had to do 15 models, but I'm hearing that you can do a one or two day course and then oh if goodness. and maybe share a model and then there you go, you have your certification. So I think it really does come down to your education and training. You know, practice makes perfect, Carolyn. So. Oh, absolutely. I, I can't even imagine going to somebody that's done it once, which is pretty much what you just said in a one-day course. I mean, or ask, one model. ask for their portfolio too. See okay. what they, you know, or and their social media. Absolutely. Um, and and see their work. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. that that, you know, the before and after. It just, you know, videos and pictures, they don't lie. Yeah, they speak for themselves. They speak for themselves. Now, we know that, you know, again, going back to kind of the universal standard for any proper spa or salon, sanitation is priority, right? And I know that at Nurture Spa, at my my business, you know, we are just on top of cleanliness like nothing else. And with this procedure in particular, Daisy, right, there's special sanitation requirements. Tell us what we should be looking for you know, at the salon when we're going to get the nano brow to get any type of permanent makeup? Yes, 100%. You know, cleanliness and tidiness is the most important, honestly, for, you know, the permanent makeup if you're going to choose a place to go. Okay. Just make sure it's a clean, neat salon. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're using new needles on you. Um you know, when I do a procedure, I, I, I open the needle in front of the client so they know it's new and sterile. Okay. Uh, I wear gloves. I wear a mask. Um, you know, the, 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 their setup is neat. You, you want to check that their setup is neat and uh, there's no cross-contamination. They're wrapping their, uh, you know, their machine because you can't, you know, use a new machine on everyone. The microblading mm-hmm. you do use because that's just a blade you throw out, but the, the actual um permanent makeup machine or tattoo machine, mm-hmm. make sure, you know, when you, you see them wrap it, that it's fully wrapped. Like, you know, when you go to the doctors or the dentist, you know how they have it wrapped like that? Exactly. You, you want to be in a sterile place where it's like a doctor's office or a dentist's office because okay. you, they're putting needles in your face. You know? Right. And we've so, also, you and I have talked about how simple things like the table, the aesthetic table on which mm-hmm. we lay when you're getting the procedure, Yes. Sh- there should not be any sheets, right? There should not be any no blankets, blankets or linens. Because, you know, we don't know when we're doing procedure, not that it's going to, you know, you're going to bleed, but just a tiny, and we probably won't even see, like, just say there's a tiny bit of, uh, you know, blood or mm-hmm. um, bodily fluids mm-hmm. that gets on, on the sheets. And then the next person comes in, you know, it's it's not something you you want to share with someone. It's exactly. got to be like covered where it's depo- disposed and used 
per client and then okay. thrown out. Okay. Yeah. I think so often when we are the customer, we feel like, well, we're just at the mercy of this person that knows more than me. I'm going to trust them and I'm not even going to kind of, you know, look around. But with a procedure like this, w- yeah. when you're laying down for a certain amount of time, which could be an hour or more, mm-hmm. you will have time to kind of, you know, stare around the room and look for tidiness, look for sanitation. And you know, I don't think, and I would certainly suggest to any of our listeners, and Daisy, tell me if you agree with this, that when you're going to consider working with someone for permanent makeup, ask to see the treatment room where they administer the services. You can go take a tour of the facility and make sure that it's up to these standards, that it's a place where you feel comfortable having a procedure like this administered because, yes, it is your face and there's always a risk of infection, right? And why not try to mitigate that by, you know, just doing a visual inspection? You have every right to ask that, right? Yes, yes. They shouldn't feel uncomfortable, you know, because you should be able to be an open book with that because, you know, you're getting this on your face. It's the first thing people see. So you want to make sure it's it's sanitary. Oh, of course. And as we've talked about in other episodes, if if the provider is ever giving any pushback, on this request, that to me is a red light to run the other way <laughs> and go down your list and go check out the next provider because anybody that's not willing to to show you around, they're probably hiding something. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So we've talked about eyebrows, which is certainly the most popular form, um, most <laughs> popular area of our face that's getting permanent makeup. But let's let's talk about the other areas. Eyeliner. Tell us about eyeliner. That, to me, I have to say, it does sound very uncomfortable. Um, I know you have such a delicate, beautiful touch, but talk to us about why people are getting eyeliner on their upper eyelids and what what that's all about. Well, you know, people, you know, with there's a few different types of eyeliner procedures, Carolyn. You can mm-hmm. go as subtle as, or as dramatic as you want, where okay. the, the subtle one would be just around your lash line, which, you, you, know, you know, Nancy, you're... Re, or yeah. your receptionist, like she yeah. had that done. She it's did. just to enhance, it, you know, she has those beautiful light eyes. It makes your eyes just pop. And then that way, you know, when you wash your face, you don't have the raccoon eyes, you know, or you right. don't have to wash off the, the eyeliner at the end of the day, but it just adds like a, you know, just a little pop of color. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can wake up like, just like nice and uh, like refreshed yeah. and not, you know, so, so dull. Exactly. Yeah. It just kind of connects the lashes. Yeah. Exactly. And then you have like the the one with the wing, which is more dramatic. Okay. Some people, they they like that dramatic look. Okay. Uh, They don't want to have to buy, uh, wear eyeliner every day or put on eyeliner every day. So Uh, the technician can do, they can, you can make it as thick or as thin as we'd like it to be. As thick or as thin, as subtle or as dramatic as you want, depending. I always like to suggest the more subtle in the beginning Mm -hmm. because we can always add more. Right. That was going to be my next question. Always add more. Okay. So you can always go back and have just a thicker line and then maybe yes. a thicker line. Okay. But now, you know, it also also comes down to the consultation. We always okay. I always try to do a real thorough consultation to see what type the client really wants and mm-hmm. what suits their personality, their lifestyle. You know, sometimes you need that guidance as a as someone getting permanent makeup. Oh, for sure. Now, is there anybody that's not a candidate for permanent eyeliner? Anybody that can't get that? Uh, I would say anyone, you know, that has like, um, like eye issues. 
Okay. Um, and I, anyone that's uh, just say going through chemo, mm-hmm. pregnant, okay, you know, nursing. So during that time, you don't want to have these kind of procedures done. But if I'm a contact lens wearer, I can still get yeah, the. You can the still permanent. get it done. Yep. Okay. Yep. Okay. I do think that's one of the coolest um, services that I've seen when it's done yeah. properly. It's it really does make such a difference. And you're right. You just wake up looking pulled together. You wake yeah. up looking so polished and fresh. Yeah. Now, are are people getting the eyeliner underneath, under the lower lashes as well, or just up above? They do. They do. So okay. it's you know whatever look you're going for. Okay. Uh, you but you you can get it done uh, underneath too. Okay. Because they want a more made up look. You know, you want to jump in the pool and then come out without wrapping nice, right? So that's, yeah, exactly. That's why that would be a good, good choice to to do. Now, what if, what if they mess up? <laughs> what if there's I mean, a worst, little too much? What so worst worst case scenario? I mean, it can be removed. There's the laser removal. Okay. And there's uh the one where they just go in there lightly and put in um I, I forget what it's called. Um, let me just, uh, I'm sorry. That's okay. But, but, but it's a non, non laser removal. Okay. So, if, so if suddenly we, you know, we're done with our service and we realize, oh my gosh, I don't like it, you know, mm-hmm. all the way down to the edge of my eye, you can go back in and do a little bit of tweaking. Yes. Yes. Okay. 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 So nice. you can remove it entirely. You can do uh, a non laser or a laser removal. And um, the non-laser one, there's a few types, but I, th- I believe the one's called extract, where they okay. go in without the lasers and they remove the pigment for you. Interesting. Okay. Because I think that that and pain is are the two greatest yeah. things that I've heard. You know, what if they mess up or what if I don't like it? And then, you know, how uncomfortable is it? It's you just gave me the the hottest headline right there, knowing that it can be undone. So that's yeah, it's that it's, right there puts the fears to rest. Although they call it permanent makeup, it's more so semi permanent because it does fade over time. Okay, and then you can get it removed. Okay, you you you're you're just like your your style has changed. You just want it, you know you want it off. Okay. So. Well, we're going to have to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to keep going down the face and talk about the other areas where permanent makeup can be a total lifesaver, believe it or not. So don't go away. We'll be right back with more on Glow and Tell. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Glow and Tell is the new provocative podcast from beauty expert, spa owner, and product junkie, Carolyn Holdsworth. The Southern-raised entrepreneur will share her unvarnished opinions on self-care and all things that are meant to glow, inside and out. Carolyn will be joined by guest experts who will go deep, and listeners will discover and discuss plenty about what they see and feel in the mirror each day. Questions and answers will wrap each podcast with no topics out of bounds. Don't miss Glow and Tell with Carolyn Holtzworth, Wednesdays at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa. 
Play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Connect with us, and we'll connect with you. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is on LinkedIn. Get the first word about happenings with the network, where our next live event will be, and what's up with our hosts. Look up Voice America on LinkedIn. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to Glow and Tell with Carolyn Holdsworth. Got a question or want to share a story with Carolyn or her guest? Join us on the show at 866-472-5788. That's 866-472-5788. You can also send an email to Carolyn at carolyn at glowandtell.net. Now back to the show with Carolyn. Hey, everyone. I'm Carolyn. Welcome back to Glow and Tell. We are here with Victoria Valinsky and Daisy Gwynn. We are talking about permanent makeup. And as we were saying at the the top of the show, this is such a hot topic. Everybody I know has questions about what works, what lasts, what's the pain like, how much does it cost? And speaking of all those questions, we have some questions from our listeners that we want to get into. Um, several of them, several reached out to us over um, direct message on Instagram. So Victoria, give us the first question that you have there from our listeners. Yes, I would love to. All right. So we have Tiffany from LA and Daisy. Tiffany wants to know, is the fix worse than the treatment? Like when we have to adjust an arm tattoo, we don't like anymore. What can we be, what can be done if we hate our eyebrows or the lip blush is too dark, things like that. Okay. So there, there are a few types of removal services that are available for anyone that needs them removed. So the, the, the main, the first one um, is the laser removal. So for the most part, I mean, depending on how much they numb you, it shouldn't be too painful. Um, and But then again, it depends on where you go. Just make sure that, you know, they do numb you up for the service. So it's not like painful. And then there's the the non-laser one where they go in with the needles and they extract the color using a serum. And that should be, you know, shouldn't be as painful either because the techniques out there are just better than they were before. Okay. That's Just good. make sure that, you know, you do your research on, um, on the removal service and ask about, you know, like pain, do they use numbing? Don't they use numbing? And, um, you know, you can remove the, the permanent makeup. Okay. Yeah. I, I know a lot of places sometimes want to rush through the service to book more clients in a given particular day and sometimes can, can shortcut on the numbing. So, you know, Going back to advocacy, which we talk about a lot on the show, don't be afraid to ask for the numbing and don't be afraid to to let them know that perhaps you've got a lower tolerance and your threshold for pain is not like everybody else's. If you're that, if you really are that, or you just want to prepare for the worst, you know, it's okay to ask for that. They may ask you to come in a little bit early to allow a little extra time for the lidocaine or whatever numbing agent they're using to really kick in. But, you know, please don't feel insecure asking for that. Right, Daisy? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, if you have, you're, you have a low pain tolerance, go for the numbing. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. Don't feel the pain. <laughs> yeah. So great to know that it can be can be fixed and it's not going to be the worst thing ever if you've got to get something fixed. Okay. Yeah. All right. What's the next question? Yes. So our next question comes from Bridget from Portland. And she says, hi, Daisy, how long does each procedure typically take? For example, how long does it take for your eyeliner versus your brows, your lips, et cetera? Okay. So Bridget, um, the quickest procedure I would say would be the eyeliner because you're basically drawing a line, right? Whether it's thick or thin with a wing or without a wing. That typically can be anywhere uh, between one and a half hours to two or two and a half. Uh, and then I would say, you know, the brows and the lip pretty much the same, you know, it, it should be between three or four hours, but sometimes five, if they have to do like a correction, a color correction, if you have like a pre existing permanent makeup that needs to be color corrected, then it, it can take longer. Okay. Interesting. And does that include numbing Daisy or do oh, we yeah, add that, on time? That includes numbing. Okay. So these procedures, that's why it takes longer. I mean, if you didn't need the numbing, then you, you probably cut out at least half an hour. Yeah. I was going to say people that I know have had it done. It's probably 45 minutes for the numbing. So mm -hmm. it sounds like it's a, a whole lot of time out of the gate, but that does include the the, the numbing time. Yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Good. Perfect. This was a two-part question. So Deji, she has a follow-up that says, how long do each last? So how long do eyebrows last, your lips, your eyeliner? Mm -hmm. Okay. So that is on a one-by-one -one basis. Depends on your lifestyle. Depends. I mean, if you're a hot yoga instructor, right? You're, you're doing that all the time because you're the, the hot and the steam, it's going to, you're not going to last as long as someone that is going to that doesn't do any of that. Or you're a swimmer, you're in the chlorine all the time. You live in California, you get to go to the beach all the time, right? Um, so, and then if, do you scrub your face vigorously when you wash your, your, your face? Uh, that's another factor. Uh, you go out in the sun a lot. You're, you're, uh, you're at the, the beach every day. So those are factors that will fade you out quickly or quicker, I should say, than someone that doesn't do those kind of habits. But on average, I would say it, it should last you two to three years on average for these procedures. And if you're very careful, then longer. I mean, you know, eyeliner, because you're not really scrubbing your eyes a lot. Some people only get it done once. That's uh, or maybe it, they might get it touched up like 10 or 20 years down the line. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I think what people don't always realize, but we can just reiterate here that when these procedures are being done, we're mm -hmm. putting pigment, we're putting ink into the pores. So oftentimes your therapist, your practitioner who administers it will ask you to not exercise strenuously, don't sweat a lot, don't go swimming after these procedures because you want to give the skin plenty of time to absorb the ink. If you don't do that, you're actually, the pore is going to push the ink out. So when, Daisy, you're talking about, you know, sweating a lot or living in a hot climate, or if we're really being vigorous, using a lot of exfoliants on our face, that is going to reduce the longevity of the ink, right? It's just going to, you're taking it out of the pores, essentially. It's like cleaning your pores. Y yes, Carolyn, absolutely. And you touched on a really good point where make sure you also follow your aftercare there's oh, yeah. pre-care, you know, there's certain things you have to stop like fish oil, 
before you do the procedure or don't go out and bake yourself at the, the beach and then come in for permanent makeup the next day or sun, sunbathe or caffeine mm-hmm. is another thing. So pre-care and aftercare are also very important on how your color retains on your skin and the, the length of it. And I mean, if you're good, you know, you follow the through and do these things, you could last three, five years or an extra year or two longer than someone that doesn't do these things. I've seen people have that experience, Daisy, the, mm-hmm. the ones that it doesn't last that long because they yeah. didn't follow. They the didn't follow through. Yeah. I mean, if, if you go true. to the best p- practitioner, but you're not following through while your skin's scabbing, because really, you know, it, it, you just had, you have an open wound right now and mm-hmm. you're not following through, you, you paid all this money, um, then you're not going to heal as good as someone that doesn't. But, you know, luckily there, you know, typically you do have to do a perfecting, perfecting set, a session after your brows and lip. A second uh, visit. Yeah, second visit between six to eight weeks. So in case, you know, oh my gosh, I went to the beach and I forgot or like, you know, I, I forgot to do the aftercare or whatever. Right. Then you go back for that. Or and you decide think, that you want it a little bit darker, a little bit more dramatic if yes, it's your yes. lips. Okay. Okay. So that that's when, you know, the, t- the person who does your permanent makeup can see also if you follow through and then they can, perf- you know, make sure and they perfect it and then reiterate with you. Okay. This is the second time. Yeah. Let's, you know, try to follow through with that. Yeah. I was going to say they can probably figure out whether or not you, you were good with your aftercare or not. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I try to get, you know, I get my clients to send me like, um, daily, Pictures. pictures yeah after like up to a week after so that way i can keep not keep tabs on them but just make sure that they're falling through if they had questions um because it's their face i want them to heal better oh of so, course and it's know, a huge it's a huge investment of time yes, i mean to go it's in investment for three of time to four hours. and money it's not it's not cheap so i i want them to heal quick too and some people need reminders and that's perfectly fine with me doing that. Yeah, yeah. It, it's so funny because yeah. I, I've had a lot of friends do these services, and I've mm-hmm. I've been a model for some of the microblading services. And I'm a person who did not follow the aftercare, so I I firsthand know that you can push the ink out of your pores very easily, and it really is a huge waste if you don't listen. So, mm-hmm. listeners, we are not telling you to do these things just to tell <laughs> you. It's really to to maintain the the integrity of the look you're trying to, to achieve. And it's a lot of time. And speaking of money, Daisy, let's yeah. talk about the different prices. And I know that you're based in you know, the New Jersey area, we're outside of Philadelphia and New York City. So we may have some higher prices than, say, some smaller markets throughout the U.S. But let's go down the list of eyebrows, eyeliner, lip liner, lip blush. Let's talk about some ranges of prices that people can kind of wrap their heads around. So where I am in New Jersey or in Flemington, the the price, you know, on average is anywhere between, I think, 600 to 850 for these procedures. For uh, each, they don't vary in price? I mean, it, it, they do, you know, the, the eyeliner, because it's um, it doesn't take as, as long, is a little less. Um, but for the most part, they, you know, it's not too much less because it's still, you're using the same amount of product pretty much um, to okay. do these procedures. Okay. I was just going to ask also, yeah, if the price varies depending on 
you know, my absence of eyebrows versus the next client that's coming in. Because, you know, some people may just want to fill in to get that really nice full brow look. And there may be some people that were just not blessed with a lot of hair. Is that going to affect the the price that they're charged? Honestly, not for me, because I still have to go through the the whole mapping, the whole procedure, whether it's, you know, just to add a little more, a little less. I, I still have to go through, you know, the the ten steps that need to go, in order to to get the end result. Okay, so you just brought up a really good point, and people may not know what brow mapping is, and you know, I know that this is something that's very subjective because we all pencil in our brows a different way that may not necessarily be truly symmetrical or what mm-hmm. quote unquote it should be. But I know, you know, master trainers like yourself, people that have been doing this for a long time, you are going purely based on symmetry. So when you're mapping the brow, tell our listeners what that's about and what you should expect, because we're not the ones that are going to, that's going to tell you the shape to do, correct? You're going to be correct. mapping this out for well, us. Well, I, I try to follow the natural hairline of the client because you don't want to go straight too far away from that because that's how your hair grows in. Um, And then, you know, I kind of just see what they, how they wear their brows or their brow makeup because you don't want to shock their system either. Like I have a totally new eyebrow set, right? Right. Um, Unless that's what they want. I mean, ideally at the end of the day, you know, you want to follow what the client's end result that they want and advise them. Right. It's it's interesting. There's an expression that I was taught in beauty school a million years ago with eyebrows in particular, they're sisters, not twins. And I yes. know that yeah. we're always trying to make them make, I mean, I know I'm mean, even trying to do it all myself, try to make them match identically. But most of us, they're not going to match identically because our faces are a little, you know, a different, you know, they're uneven on one side versus the other eyelid distance is different, that sort of thing. Yes. I mean, some, some people have twin, like not just twins or sisters, they have cousins for their eyebrows. Like it's so (laughs) off. Like my, my brows naturally are cousins, but with the mapping, you know, we use uh, an app actually. So it's like perfectly symmetrical and a ruler. Okay. Um, That way it helps to be more symmetrical. But sometimes people, you know, some people have uh, like where their bone is, where mm-hmm. their brow is, that might be a little off too. So you still have to tweak it. Right. Because let's yeah. say somebody, you know, they fell when they were a child and yes, they yes. bumped their head really hard and and there's, you know, a little bit of an issue there. Mm-hmm. Um, that is going to create something that visually may give off a different result. I know what I learned when I had my brows mapped is that you need to trust the experts and mm-hmm. what you are seeing is going to be much more symmetrical than what we are seeing. And it's it's kind of tough to accept that sometimes because we think we know our faces so, so well. And while we do, we don't always know them symmetrically. So I would encourage everybody to trust the mapping because those those mapping apps are cool and they're accurate. Yeah, yeah it's it's amazing, Carolyn, that they have a software for, for mapping, you know, on an app yeah. to do these things for symmetry. Exactly. And also, you know, when it comes to brow shape, I mean, it's so important the shape that we have to frame our face because they really set off the way everything looks on our face, right? 
And I know that I've worked with a lot of clients when I've been shaping their brows through waxing or just tweezing. You know, they want an arch where they really don't have an arch Mm -hmm. or they're trying to, you know, get rid of a weird shape. And again, I, I couldn't suggest more. Listen to the experts because, you know, you may not want to try and put something that doesn't belong on your face. You know, not all of us are meant to have this huge, round, curvy eyebrow. It's just Mm -hmm. not how we were built. Right, Daisy? Yeah. I mean, you know, sometimes from a different perspective, you know, the expert can just show you what's best for you. Absolutely. That's what they're trained for. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So let's talk about this trend with people getting um, freckles put on their face. What is going on there with the permanent freckles? Yeah, I mean, freckles are in for some people. I mean, it's cute. <laughs> or like the the beauty mark. If you want that too, you can get that too. Okay, okay. It's, it's, now yeah, it sounds it sounds like the healing time and the down the aftercare could be kind of kind of tricky with something like that because you would be working with like for the freckles you're putting them on the cheek. I'm guessing, right? Yeah, so you would have yeah. to. Yeah, be you have with to that be careful when you're washing it. You you follow the aftercare. Okay, because because otherwise you're going to be disappointed and it's going to wash right off. Yeah. Okay. And it's not going to heal as nicely. Right, right. Now, at the beginning of the show, you were talking about lip lip coloring, and I think it's called lip blushing. Is that right? Mm-hmm. So tell us about this trend, because I had heard of the lip liner from years ago, but I really didn't know that people were getting color put on the entire lip. What's, yes. what's going on there? So it's a more subtle look. It gives you just a, t- a hint of color where you don't have to wear lipstick. You can just okay. wear gl- gloss and have uh, some color on your lips. Um, can you pick any color that you want? You can. Oh, yeah. wow. You pick okay. out whatever color that you want or like to say you have a favorite lipstick. If you want something more dramatic, then mm-hmm. you would just do not the lip blush, but an actual just full on lip. Um and then, we, you know, we would formulate the color to match exactly your, your favorite lipstick if that's what you want every day. Wow. Uh, we can also do that. That is really cool. Now, of course, the million-dollar question is, what if you get sick of the color? Can you put a lipstick on top of that, on top of the lip blush and cover it up oh, and yes. have a new lip color? Well, the lip blush is just like pretty much a lip stain. That, okay. It gives the effect of a lip stain. And okay. then you can always add more. Okay. So if I if I got, say, a pale pink lip blush and mm-hmm. I wanted to wear a fun, bright orange lipstick in oh, the yeah, summer, absolutely. Go the for orange it. would cover it up. Okay. <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay. Because, yeah, I mean, lipstick's part of the, a fashion wardrobe these days, and I can't imagine being stuck with one color forever. Well, that that's the purpose of the lip blush. It's so subtle and just light, you know, mm-hmm. on days where you just want to wear lip gloss, and then you can also have your favorite lipstick colors. Okay. Different, you know, depending on the holiday, right? Right, right, exactly. <laughs> Change it up. <laughs> so you were also mentioning symmetry because I know as I've aged, my lips seem to be different shapes, especially the top parts, the t- the upper lip. One's higher than the other, and I know that some people get injections. But what what can the um the permanent makeup do for the shape of the upper lip? Well, yeah, it it definitely helps with symmetry where you can, you know, one side is lower than the other. You can draw it in or uh, do the permanent makeup procedure in where it, it's more uh, even on both sides. And okay. then also uh, an outline, uh, but blend it nicely. Like me, as I've gotten older and I've noticed, my outline is darker than the inside of my lips. Okay. So 
I can also do it where I can neutralize it. So it's like one even color. That was going to be my question because to to kind of fake the the shape of my lip and put it back, yeah. I guess, for lack of a better term, yeah, <laughs> yeah it, how subtle can you make it? And it sounds like you can make it just blend right in then. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so it can match your skin, again, so that we don't have this contrast if I'm wearing a different colored lipstick or lip gloss. It'll all just blend. Yes. Okay. Victoria, did you have any idea that this stuff existed? <laughs> no, I'm trying to jot this all down. I know I can re-listen to the episode, but yeah. this is just so juicy. I never knew any of this. I know. Yeah. And again, it, it sounds like it's so much work and the people that get this are so high maintenance. But no. the ironic part of it is we are creating less maintenance by getting this done. And Oh my gosh, the time it saves and what it saves in terms of brow pencils and lip liners. <laughs> I mean, that money alone is going to add up. Yeah, it's, it's an exciting time. It mm-hmm. is. It's an exciting is. time for permanent makeup. Oh my it's, gosh. It's just done so beautifully now. Yeah, I guess like like most things in life, you know, as time has passed, it's just gotten perfected and perfected and perfected. And, you know, we think tattoo, oh my God, start crazy. And it's just, it's not that. It's just not. What a, wow. It's very cool. Very, very cool. So let's talk about what's happening with people that have, you know, gone through treatment, have had to have some reconstructive surgery on their chest, and mm-hmm. we are, you know, making them feel good again. Talk to me about what's happening um, in that world with permanent makeup. Well, that that actually's been around for a long time, but I, I, you know, from what I've seen, mm-hmm. the the technique again is just because it's more mainstream, more people are aware of it, it, it. They've improved and perfected it. It looks so natural and three D that it looks just like your your nipple. And I I've had people tell me it looks better than before. Oh, you know, wow. be- because it's symmetrical on both sides. The colors even. Uh, more what they like because wow. some people you know as they age their nipple color changes and changes it gets darker or right. lighter and it you know even those that don't have cancer will do this procedure to give more symmetry or a nicer tint of color you know to their okay. nipple very interesting now will most permanent makeup artists like yourself in a in a traditional salon or spa environment do this service as well or is this done more in a medical setting I mean because it's becoming more popular mm-hmm. a lot a lot more places have um, taken on this this procedure okay that's okay. just the medical uh, doctors or nurses or you know in a medical um, setting okay. Again, though, this is one where I would suggest that everybody, you know, just really vet your practitioner and really ask the right questions and and ask for for photos and ask for pictures of their work because that's what's going to, the proof is in the the visuals, right? You can't fake it. You just can't fake it. And referrals, referrals, people that you know that have had the work done. Oh my gosh. Um, I know that's, that is, you see it, good eyebrows walking down the room. You're like, how did that happen? And they're like, here's the card. Go see this person. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, one other question, Victoria, that I did see come in that I don't think you obviously didn't get to yet. What are these inks made from, Daisy? Or is there anything toxic about them? I have received that question verbally, and I know that was a, a DM that came in as well. 
Okay. So there, there are two types. There's okay. organic and inorganic. And it's actually the opposite of what we would think of organic food is you want the organic food, right? Right. It's natural. Right. So in, in permanent makeup or um, these pigments, the organic um, pigments are actually man-made versus the inorganic. I know it's confusing. Yeah, I was just the opposite. My, you know, I remember. Okay. I was like, are you sure? But that, you know, it's the, just think the opposite when it comes okay. to permanent makeup. Okay. You want the inorganic pigments because it's the natural versus the organic. Okay. So we're asking for inorganic pigments. Okay. Well, you prefer, I mean, prefer and, them. yeah, if you do get the organic ones, just make sure it, it's, it doesn't have like the toxins in it and it comes from a good source. Right. Okay. Okay. So, Again, don't be afraid to ask. No. And another, another query that's come to me quite a bit is in terms of infection, any risks in that arena that that we should be mindful of? Or is this, you know, a much lower risk procedure than people might think? It it, it shouldn't have, you shouldn't, it's very rare to have infection with okay. this, unless you're going to a place where they're doing cross-contamination uh, or, you know, you're not falling through with your, your aftercare because, you know, it is an open scab, right? Right. Or an open wound. And then you're, you're, you're not protecting it from bacteria. Okay. So those are the the situations where you have to be careful. Okay. So uh, the first is really environmental, making sure the mm-hmm. environment where they're administering the service is immaculate, Correct. full stop, just completely immaculate. And then secondly, that we're taking care of things properly and being sanitary with our cleansing and following the aftercare rules. I know a lot of places will also give you the products to wash your face with. Mm-hmm. They'll yes. give you things to cover up your your brows after they they've should. been nanoed. Yes. yes. Because, you know, we we want this to last. We're not trying these procedures are for a reason. We're protecting Correct. the investment. So so yeah, so the the risk of infection is really low unless we kind of create it in some ways or choose a place that's not clean. <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't be afraid, I mean, to get this done. You know, people know. have been getting, you know, at the end of the day, it is a tattoo. People have been getting tattoos for a long time. Oh, right? my God. So, and they're more and more beautiful than they ever have been. They really yes, are. It's yes. art. And think yeah, of it as art. just art on your face um, done with more subtlety than ever. I mean, your face is amazing. I know not everybody can, oh, thank you, can Karen. see you're this. <laughs> well, no, your, brow, your brows you. are a great example of how natural things look. It looks fabulous. And I did want to mention that you guys need to check Daisy out. You can follow her on Instagram at Posh by Daisy. And it's Daisy spelled D-A-I-S-I-E. So P-O-S-H-B-Y-D-A-I-S-E. And on Facebook, it's Posh Beauty. Um, if you are in the New Jersey, Eastern Pennsylvania area, you've got to come see her. She is the best, does such beautiful work. And if you guys have any more questions about permanent makeup, always reach out on Glow and Tell and we'll get your questions to Daisy. We can get the questions answered if they weren't answered today. And I guess that's it for the show. Thank you for being here, Daisy. We appreciate you so much. Thanks for having me, Carolyn. It's I really pleasure. appreciate it. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. Victoria, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Carolyn. Thank you so much, Daisy. Okay. Guys, <laughs> thanks again. And we will be back with another episode of Glow Until next week. Thanks so much for listening. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye. <music> 
Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Glow and Tell. We hope you enjoyed today's topic. Didn't get your question in? Be sure to call in again next week. We wish you a wonderful week.